The following podcast contains graphic discussion of true crimes laced with foul language and tipsy banter that may be offensive and disturbing to some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. sort of mood today thing. yes <laughs> mellow and giggly i don't know why because my story today is so sad and i've been thinking about it the last couple of days so it's like i don't know why i feel this way but you know what i'm just gonna go with it because that's that's what we gotta do yeah and mine is like pieces of what we've already done yeah so it gives us a drawback to our previous episodes but this is like funny but like the total opposite of what you're gonna do like you're just gonna be deep and mine's gonna be like oh my god this is hilarious good good (laughs) you know what i'll lighten it up great great because i am going first today so i'm glad that um you know i'll follow it we'll leave on a high note awesome awesome (laughs) well everyone i'm jen and that's rebecca say hi hi yay rebecca's here too all right so Let's just get into our wine of the day. Today, we're actually bringing in an import, Rebecca. Oh. We've been featuring some wines from America lately, so it's nice to get something from somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Try a little something, something different. Okay. (laughs) So today's wine is coming to us from Australia. It is Tall Poppy. Select 2016 Shiraz. Mm. I like a good Shiraz, yeah, I have to me say. Too. Um, I selected this wine because I thought the bottle was pretty adorable. And what I really love is on the back of the bottle, it says, A tall poppy refers to those who stand out amongst a crowd according to Australian culture. Which I thought was pretty awesome because, you know, I like to think of myself as somebody who stands out. Yes, absolutely. Amongst the crowd. Yep. I don't know if that's exactly in a good way or not, but (laughs) I do find that I stand out amongst the crowd. But you should. It's always good to be unique, I Absolutely. So anyway, so yeah. The world would be so boring if we were all exactly the same cookie cutter, identical people. I don't need that that in my life. Me neither. All right. I need variety. I'm a Gemini. I get bored very easily. (laughs) I need variety in my life. Damn it. Love Um, it. Okay. So, oh, and another thing about this wine, the family owned wine company, their name is Peace. Oh, cool. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. That is. So. P-E-A. C-E? Peace? Peace. Yeah. Yeah, like going peace. Yeah, not P-I, yeah. peace. Oh, like yeah, peace. not like no. a peace of. Like, yeah, like, like peace out. Like, like peace yes, out. I you. love it. Yeah. Yeah, Tall Poppy Wines. And we'll have a picture of this up on our Instagram and also on our website. So you can take a look of it there. But I think it looks like a really 
delectable red. Yeah. Nice and dark. Nice dark. Smells good. I think it has a bite mm -hmm. to it. It's it has 13. an oaky smell. It is. And it has yeah. like 13.5% alcohol. So, mm -hmm. nice. uh, and I just want to put out there that the only thing I consumed today, no joke, was one piece of cheese, one <laughs> cracker, and a Samoa because the Girl Scout cookies came in. And I had, it took every ounce of self-control I had not to just go nuts on that but um anyway <laughs> i have to say actually now that i do well let's cheers first let's cheers cheers, cheers. let's try this wine cheers mm. mm. oh it does have a bite oh yeah oh i like it oh it's good yeah it's, it's nice. good we might be consuming a lot of this today but real quick and back to the girl scout cookies mm -hmm. so my order came in today and now this is a known thing I have been feeling within the last few years that, you know, the boxes, and I don't, I know I'm not alone when I say this. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. They're, they're, they're getting, getting smaller. smaller. You get less co actual cookies. Yes. And they're tinier cookies. Yes. They're like this big. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You are not crazy. You are 100% correct. And they're more expensive. Yes. They've only gone up in price. Yes. That's crazy. I mean... That's the real crime here. Like, but we still need our Girl Scout cookies. Oh, yeah. We still need our Girl Scout cookies. I mean, come on. Let's face it. Well, let's just make them the way they used to be, though. I know. That's all we're asking. Yeah. That's all we're asking. <laughs> we'll negotiate on what the girls make, but let's start off with the size for the... <laughs> the size. Let's take it back a couple of years. Yeah. Start from there yeah. and go forward. Exactly. Exactly. But, um, no, but they are getting smaller. I've noticed that. Um, so, anyway. Well, I think they should be making at least half. It's you a know, the girls, Yeah, absolutely. But, all right, whatever. We can't, we can't <laughs> take it up with the Girl Scouts of America now, no. can we? No. <laughs> they like their... They, look, if we can. They're getting badges. It's a good program. Yes, it is. No, it's awesome. Just make better cookies. <laughs> Bigger. Just the way they were. Yeah. Go back to the, they're great. Just uh, go back to the original cookies, please. <laughs> that's all. That's all we're saying. All right, so I guess I'll go first today. All right. Let me get this out of the way because honestly, I'm not happy about this one. It actually breaks my heart, but you know what? I don't think a lot of people know about this little girl and they should. Today I posted on Instagram a photo of just the cutest little girl that button nose, the cute little face. Details. Oh, adorable. Adorable. Yeah. She might look familiar to some people. She actually was a child's actress. And one of the things that I have always kind of found interesting, crimes that have taken place in Hollywood and among actors and actresses. And, you know, because those people almost seem untouchable sometimes, right? right? right. So, I don't know. No, I just I always... Found that a little interesting. So the story I'm going to share today is the murder of Judith Barcy, who was just a cute-as-can-be little actress who was taken too soon and in such a horrible way. Judith was born June 6, 1978 in Los Angeles, California to Joseph and Maria Barcy, who were both immigrants who fled communist Hungary and relocated to California where they met in the mid to late 1960s and then later married. Maria Barcy began grooming her daughter Judith to become an actress at the age of five. So right from the beginning, 
this was going to be a momager. Oh, yeah. Okay, she was, like, getting her daughter mm-hmm. into the whole entire thing. Um, Judith was actually discovered when members of a crew shooting a commercial at an ice skating rink noticed her skating artfully across the ice and hired her on the spot. You know, stuff like that never <laughs> happens to me, right? Yeah, I guess it's got to be at the right place at the right time. When I was a kid, Lucky. you know, I thought I was a pretty good ice... Well, I don't know about that, but... I remember going roller skating often. Oh, yeah, I did too. Remember? Oh, totally. The disco ball in the middle. They had and the, the slow yes. dance. Or skating. I want to call it dancing, but skating. Yeah, and then people would go backwards. <laughs> and backwards and skating. Yeah, and they just what? had the best music. And you could get down. <laughs> you could have... And the hokey yes. pokey when they would do that on... When they'd pull everybody in the middle. And, yes. okay, everybody gather around. We're going to yes. do the hokey pokey. Yes. Oh, oh and the limbo stick. Yes. Limbo, limbo yes. skating. Yes. That was the best. And you know what? They always had the best music. As a child of the 80s, mm-hmm. it was wonderful to go to a skating rink and just listen to like the best songs and hang out with your friends and yep. go skating and all that. Right? Yeah. yeah I, that's know, awesome. The good old days. Well, my daughter's into it. She's 13 and we've gone twice in February now. What, roller skating? Yes, roller skating. Are you kidding? So nope. you're telling, you're, you've been keeping this for me that there are actual ro- roller yeah, skating. I'm taking you. We are going. My daughter and I, we're taking you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. I don't know if I want to get on skates right now. I think that would be a whole different uh, situation. We'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk about it another All day. Right. Getting back to Judith. Uh, she began her career in television, making appearances in 72 commercials and television shows like the 80s gems, Punky Brewster. Like, oh, wow. Who did not love Punky Brewster? I love that. Yeah. The Fall Guy, Knott's Landing, Remington Steel, oh, Saint always. Elsewhere, and Cheers, to name a few. Oh, so she was like yep. making her rounds on these major network shows, and she did some TV movies as well back when... You know, they used to have them. Remember, they used to make the made-for-TV movies, and they would, like, premiere. Uh-huh. They didn't really do that anymore. I think... No, or the after-school specials and that. Yeah. You know, I think, like, once Lifetime Network came in, mm-hmm. it kind of, like... Absorbed that. You have a whole yep. channel that yep. just does nothing but that, pretty much, right? Yeah. Okay. That and the Hallmark Channel. Oh, yeah, the Hallmark Channel. Do you That's watch Hallmark one. Christmas Movies. No. I know. Don't get, no. me, don't get into them. Because I don't want to cry at Christmas time. I know. It's always like the long lost son comes home and... Yeah, know. they are It's like the Folgers commercial. No. Oh, yeah. They're tearjerkers. They're tearjerkers. <laughs> All right. Well, in 1987, Judith got a big break when she was cast in the film Jaws the Revenge, a.k.a. Jaws 4. Now, have you seen this movie? Have you seen Jaws 4? Oh, yeah. I'm sure. You have oh, this is the one where they're in the Bahamas. <laughs> I'm this, sure I've seen them all. <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> this okay. So just to give you a little like debrief, this is the one that takes place in the Bahamas. Okay. All right. Yep. And this is where the wife of Martin Brody, uh, played by Roy Schneider. Okay. All right. In the first two films. Meets up with her son there, her grown son. Anyway, so Judith was cast as Thea Brody. She's the little girl of one of the two grown-up sons of Chief Brody. Anyway, so Joe's four mm-hmm. is 
really a pretty bad film. All right, now for a young girl like her, this must have been exciting. I can only imagine being nine years old and being cast in like a oh, Jaws movie at the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Like that must have been the shit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I'm sure she just had a blast. Um, but look, the movie sucked. <laughs> not that good um but you know i mean it's a good it's i actually watched it the other night mm -hmm. it was on tv happened to be on tv i knew i was going to be talking about this i was like you know what yeah let's watch this we did and so michael kane's in it all right michael kane's always good for a laugh mm -hmm. he probably spent a drunken night or two uh questioning his decision to make this <laughs> film but um Look, it was nominated for seven Razzie Awards, which is like the total opposite of the Oscars. It's like the worst in film. <laughs> okay. So that's just a little... Love it. So you get the idea. Yes. Okay. So in addition to being in Jaws, uh, Judith also provided the voices of characters in the animated feature films, The Land Before Time and All Dogs Go to Heaven. Now, she was also very small, for her age, she allowed casting directors to cast her as a child that was much younger than her actual age. In fact, when she was in Jaws, she was nine years old at the time, but she played a five-year-old, and believably, yeah. she, was, she looked very little in that. Um, anyway, so directors and production staff that worked with her praised her for her acting abilities and her maturity. One director stating that she was absolutely astonishing and understood verbal direction, even for the most sophisticated situations. Um, by the time she reached fourth grade, she was earning an estimated 100000 a year. <laughs> which helped her family buy the nice three-bedroom house in western San Fernando Valley. You know, in fourth grade, what is that? Like, you're eight, nine years old or so. I mean, that's pretty good bank for a kid, yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, I sure She's as hell wasn't pulling in six figures. Right. <laughs> that, that I was still unemployed. Right? Yeah. I was dependent on my parents and shit. Absolutely. Like, I mean... And, and most are. So she's doing good for her age. She's definitely doing good for her age. Um, anyway, so Judith's career is really picking up now. The family is living in a nice house in the West Hills. All's good. Uh, yeah, no, not so good, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh-oh. Not good. Well, as her success increased, her dad, Joseph, became increasingly angry and would routinely threaten to kill himself and his wife and daughter. Mm -hmm. By this point, he's a worsening alcoholic. Mm -hmm. The police arrest him three separate times for drunk driving. In December of 1986, Judith's mother, Maria, filed a police report against her husband, accusing him of choking her and hitting her in the face and threatening to kill her over the last five years. After checking things out, the police find no physical signs of abuse, so she decides not to press charges against him. Urgh. Mm. After this incident with the police, Joseph supposedly stopped drinking, good for him, but he doesn't receive Father of the Year award because he's still, in fact, continuing to threaten Maria and Judith. His various threats include cutting their throats as well as burning down the family home with them inside. Lovely oh man. God. What a guy, right? I actually read that right before she was leaving to go to the Bahamas to film Jaws the Revenge, that her father actually pulled a knife on her and told her that if she didn't come back to L.A., that he would cut her throat. 
Oh my god. Yeah, he was a nasty son of a bitch. That's crazy. Yeah, he's fucking crazy. Um, so she couldn't even escape. She couldn't even get right, away. Right. She had to have been absolutely just frightened of Terrified. Him. Terrified to be in that house. Absolutely. And Judith once confided in a friend that her father threw pots and pans at her, resulting in a bloody nose. Oh, my God. It's also been reported that as a result of her father's abuse towards her, Judith began to exhibit disturbing behavior, such as plucking out her eyelashes oh. and pulling out her cat's whiskers. Oh. Poor little kitty. I know it's, oh, screw her. She can pull out her eyelashes, but it's like, poor oh. kitty. No, I'm oh. just kidding. I'm, no. Clearly, <laughs> clearly plucking out her eyelashes gets no sympathy right. for me. Only the cat. I know. Right? <laughs> What's wrong I with know. I know. No, I, um, that's terrible. She pulled out her eyelashes. That must have hurt. Of course. Okay. During an audition for the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven, Judith broke down and started crying and couldn't speak. And at this point, her agent couldn't take any more and stepped in. Finally, mm-hmm. somebody yeah. noticed. Judith was taken to a child psychologist who identified severe physical and emotional abuse and reported her findings to Child Protective Services. About time. Finally getting some help here. Good call on the part of the child psychologist, yeah, right? Good looking absolutely. out. Too bad things didn't get very far, though. Oh. Because the CPS investigation was dropped after Maria assured the caseworker that she intended to begin divorce proceedings against her asshole husband and that she and Judith were going to move into an apartment she had recently rented in another town. And did they check on that? No. <laughs> of course not. Of course they didn't. Uh, friends urged Maria to follow through with the plan, but she resisted reportedly oh. because she was afraid that she would lose the family home and belongings. And, you know, it just breaks my heart to hear that. This was clearly a woman who was so afraid she just wasn't thinking straight. She right. just wasn't thinking straight. Who right. cares about the belongings, right? Right. It's that- materialistic stuff. It's not worth your life. Which ultimately, okay, so keep, ultimately there's going to be trouble down the road. So yeah, I mean, who cares about your go. belongings right. when your safety. safety and your child's safety Absolutely. is at stake? Yep. No, I've been faced with that very conundrum where you have to decide. It's always, you're always looking out for your child's best interest when you make decisions as a parent. Get out of the house. Yep. Take that girl and run, woman. Yep. What is going on here? So, on the evening of July 25th, 1988, Joseph shot 10-year-old Judith in the head while she was (gasps) sleeping and then murdered Maria. No way. He then spent the next two days wandering around the house. During a phone conversation he had with Judith's agent said that he intended to move out of the house for good the following day and just needed a little more time to say goodbye to his little girl. Oh, Jesus. So this bastard's walking around the house and with the dead bodies dead. Yeah. Yeah. of his wife and little girl still there, and he's talking to the agent as if they're still alive. So... Th- if, if that... If you didn't... Yeah. yeah. So he does, nobody knows they're dead but him, but he he stayed in the house for a couple yeah. of days. He, so he stayed in the house, yes, for a few days. <sighs> so he had shot both of them and acted like, you know, everything was okay. <sighs> he 
He then poured gasoline on the bodies and set them on fire. After incinerating the bodies, he went to the garage and shot himself in the head with a 32 caliber. Wow. On August 9th, 1988, Judith and her mother were interred at the Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Los Angeles. It's so heartbreaking. It is. It's terrible. Seriously, just look her up. Judith Barsi, B-A-R-S-I. I'm sure if you see her, you would have recognized her, especially if you were a kid or a child, you know, if you were a child growing up in the 80s. I'm sure you would have seen her. She's just the cutest little thing. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading where her agent just said after she did the voices for the two Disney films that he really believed she was going places. And this is ended... She could have been one of the next big big, things. Yeah. And it ended in such a tragedy. Mm. And it's so upsetting. Mm -hmm. It just sucks that her dad was such a sick man. Yes. Yes. I don't know how you could kill your own child. I mean, I've always said, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. <laughs> but always in just. But yeah. I mean, you're never, not, you don't mean it literally. No. <laughs> so, on a lighthearted note, after this, mm-hmm. um, Rebecca, when you came over today, <laughs> I, have to, I just have to share this story. When Rebecca came over today, um... I showed her, I didn't tell her what the story was about, but I showed her a photo of Judith, the one that I posted on Instagram today. Right. And she looked at the photo and she said, is she the victim or the killer? (laughs) And we just like busted out laughing because, you know, I told her I had to break her heart and tell her that it was in fact the victim. (laughs) But then that just led to this whole conversation that was so awesome. I wish, like, you could have heard it. This conversation went into, hey, remember Pet Cemetery <laughs> when that cute little boy just, like, came back from the grave and, like, just sliced that Achilles tendon off of uh, Herman Munster? Right. <laughs> it was, like, so hilarious. We started talking about that. Then we were, like, doing this whole revenge sequence, like, talking out loud how, like, little Judith is, like, coming back and she's gonna, like, take revenge on all the, like, child abusers out there. Like, we had this whole thing planned. It was, like, hilarious. So, but, yeah, when you look at her face, if you do Google her and you look her up or you go to our Instagram, even better, go to our Instagram and follow us and tell your friends to follow us, too. Shameless plug. Anyway, (laughs) but when you go to her Instagram or you look her up, when you look at that cute little face, just think about Rebecca asking, is that the killer or is that the victim? Because <laughs> you'll see how hilarious it was. Anyway, very yes, funny. the very sad tale of Judith Barcy. Yeah. Poor little girl. Yeah. It's terrible. It is very terrible and saddening, but anyway. All right, I'm glad I got that off my chest now. Now I can just relax. I can just relax. I can enjoy some more wine. Yes. Um, Here, let me have a little, too. Yeah. We're going to... Go ahead. I got you. I got you. I got you. So what are we... What are you talking about? All right. So I am going to talk about the story they dub Batman. The Batman case. The Batman case? Yes. It's from the 20s and 30s. Ooh. So it's it's a retro. It's old, old. It's antiquarian. Yes. But it was 
it's a towel. It's it's just really creepy. <laughs> You're gonna love it. <laughs> Can't wait. This is one of the most outrageous slayings of the age in the 20s at the time. So it fed the the front pages for eight years. Um, eight years. Eight years. It stayed in the news. Wow. Because of what you're about to hear. Oh, can we? So it's about this woman. Her name is Walburga Dolly. She went by Dolly Osterreich. Was at the center of one of the city's most sensational love affairs. A tale feasted on by the city's newspapers in the 20s and 30s when the brassy headlines reflected the cutthroat competition. Hmm. So it was very, it was very risque at the time. Hmm. The newspapers called her a naughty vamp. But basically, she was a Milwaukee housewife who was married to a manufacturer of aprons. His name was Fred Osterreich. Gotcha. And her, what was her first name again? Her first name was Walburga, but everybody called her Dolly. Good call. Yes. <laughs> you think? You Way think? to go, friends. Yeah. So one day she is at home, and now she's the housewife back in the 20s, and she calls her husband, who's running a manufacturer of aprons, and she says, honey, my sewing machine is not working. So he then in turn tells her, I'm going to send Otto over to fix it. Now she is thinking in the back of her, Otto, hmm, I know who Otto is. He's that 17-year-old hottie you have working for you. So she goes, yeah. So she goes upstairs and she puts on her robe, naked, stockings, and perfume, and high heels, Oh, Dolly knew what she was doing. In the 20s. Can't you just see it? Like the whole flapper look Uh like... (laughs) Right. All naked and shit. (laughs) So Otto, the 17-year-old... Hello, statutory rape today. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Answers the door. Hi, Otto. Fixing my sewing machine. I'm sure he is. Oh, yes, he is. So he shows up and uh, lives for 10 years with her in the attic. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 10 years in the attic. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Let's just stop right there. How does he do that? Okay. So she hides him up there. So he comes into the home. He fixes the machine. She obviously seduces him. He's 17 years old. He's impressionable. And he agrees to live in their attic. I mean... I mean, yes. Never leaves. Lives in the attic. Do you know what he does up there? What is she... He types stories. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I'm like, you're going to love this story. All right. Dolly knows what she's doing because (laughs) to get a 17 year old to not just come fix your sewing machine wink wink (laughs) to have him now living in the attic oh yeah for 10 years oh it gets better it gets so much better so yes he's living above them and you know what he does all day during the day Mm, i can only imagine i love this at night he reads mysteries by candlelight and wrote stories of adventure and lust. 
And those stories he would give to her, Dolly, and she would sell them for him. And, and he would make, you know, five or six, I mean, this is the 20s. 75 cents a story or something, some kind of craziness. And I don't know where they published them or whatever. So he was living off of that money he was making, living in the attic, typing stories. What's the husband? That's what he does at night. Okay. Fred. So obviously Fred's not going in the attic at all. No, no, never. And literally the attic is right above their bedroom. So this man is living above him at night. Every night he goes to sleep, he lays down, he looks up. This man is living up there. Ten years. Oh, oh, oh my God. It's so funny. Know? So by that's at night. That's what he's doing with his time at night. Because I, actually during the day, yeah. he come oh, down. Because yeah, because she's, yeah. And Duh. she's a housewife. Duh. So you want to okay. know what? By day, he made love to Dolly and helped her keep house and made bathtub rum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Prohibitions. I mean, I know is the man right now. <laughs> He's the lover. He's the wonderful man. And you oh can't my make gosh. this shit up. No, you, you just can't. can't make like, this shit up. Like this woman had it going on. I'm gonna take it easy too. This woman's the luckiest woman in that ever lived. So actually, Otto gets dubbed <laughs> the, the sex slave because that's what he's living in the attic. She's got him living up there. I mean, that <laughs> comes out for sex all day. doesn't have a family that cares about him. No, I don't know. I, I'll actually have to look more into his background. and everything. But he was 17 years old. You know, I'm sure at 17, oh, he was yeah, just happy to have a job. And yeah, in the 20s, in the 20s yeah. yeah, the parents are probably good. Go, one less mouth to feed. Back in the 20s, being 17 was like being like, you know, 43. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> they moved to Los Angeles. The apron factory is now, you know, getting bigger and things are, the manufacturing's getting bigger. So the business is now getting moved from Milwaukee to Los Angeles. Guess where Otto shows up? Knock, knock. He moves with them. Of course. To Los Angeles. Of course he does. Of course he does. Hi, Fred. <laughs> I was a good worker. Let me stay. Oh, no, he doesn't know. Fred knows nothing about Otto being there. No, but I... Oh, he hasn't seen him in 10 years. He's been living in his attic for 10 years, and Fred has no idea. Oh, see, I thought he was going... He, well, doesn't he work for Fred? No, not anymore. He left the job as the sewing machine guy. Gotcha. He just lives in the attic. Yes. So at night, he's right, writing, right. Okay. and at daytime, when, when Fred's home, he's in the attic. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Okay, so, so they moved to Los Angeles, and he moves in with them. So four years now, living in Los Angeles in the attic, same kind of situation. It all comes to an end one night when Dolly and Fred are coming home from an event at night. And they walk into the house and they're arguing and Fred is being really mean to Dolly. And what happens? Otto comes blazing out with two 25 caliber pistols, 
and saying, don't talk to my woman to defend his woman who's getting berated by her husband. Fred is <laughs> who's like, like, what the fuck? Where did you come from? <laughs> and not only is he's coming to, Fred comes out like, hey, weren't you the sewing machine? Yeah, like 10 years ago. You yeah. disappeared like 10 years ago. What's going on? What are you doing here? Oh my God. So he ends up killing Fred. So now Fred is dead. And the whole light, the whole plan then is that he then takes Dolly, locks her in the closet, and takes Fred's watch and goes back to the attic. <laughs> the investigators come in. She's locked in the closet. She says it was a burglary and his watch is missing and they killed him. <gasps> so oh. <laughs> he is a story writer, isn't oh, he? Oh yeah. So it's all figured out. Nobody's the wiser. Until, of course, Dolly continues this charade, even though her husband is dead. Otto still lives in the attic. Why doesn't... I mean, he can move down now, right? No, no, because they, they don't want him to even know he exists. Like, as far as the police are concerned, this man doesn't even exist. He's been living in the attic for 10 years now. Right. And when they moved to L.A., there's no record of him. Hmm. You know, he's almost, like, disappeared. It's like this phantom man. How could he kill anybody? So, (laughs) it's, like, crazy. Okay, so now she's freed from her marriage, but she's living in L.A., and I'm sure people are super nosy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You would think, though, that she would, like, maybe, like, you know, maybe let him sleep in the, <laughs> no, he goes in the back. nice bed. No, no, because she falls in love with her estate attorney. Yeah. Herman Shapiro. That okay. sounds like a state attorney's name, actually. <laughs> so, unfortunately, though, her stupid mistake was very early on in their relationship. She gave him a diamond watch which he recognized as the watch that she had reported as stolen in the burglary during her husband's death. What a dingbat. Yeah. So that was her first of many mistakes to come. Um, but then she, quickly she was on, you know, thinking on her toes when he asked her this. And she said, oh, I found it in between a you know, cushion. Like he must have been sitting there. It was never really stolen. So now... Could it be burglary? Now it puts question in everybody's eyes as to what could it be. Well, nonetheless, I mean, he now finds out that she just regifted something to him from her, like, dead right. husband. Right, exactly. I'd leave her right then and there just for that. Well, it gets better. Um, Otto was up in the attic writing, and Shapiro spent long hours at court because he was a lawyer and he had all his stuff going on. She took up with a businessman named Roy Klum. (laughs) (laughs) All these names, Roy Klum. Klum. And actually, she begged him for a favor. She asked that he take this gun that she had that looked so much like the gun that killed her husband that she would like it to be disposed of. So he, being the nice guy that he was, said, sure, I'll get rid of it for you and threw it in a tar pit. Okay. It's like crazy. So he got rid of it, threw it in one of the tar pits. That's not suspicious at all. And then she went to a neighbor and she told her the story about how she had this gun and she didn't want it anymore. So could he get rid of it for her? 
So he gets rid of her gun, the neighbor, thinking it was no big deal. Well, then all of it fell apart because <laughs> Dolly decided, I don't want to be with Clum anymore. But now he knows her secret. So he goes to the police. She breaks up with him. He goes and he exposes, hey, she asked me to get rid of this gun. I threw it in the tar pits. Police are now really interested going, hmm, why'd she do that? They retrieve the gun from the tar pits. The story goes national. The neighbor now says, oh, wait, didn't she ask us to get rid of a gun? <laughs> uh -huh. And so there are the two guns. That's how they get found. Right. This, it's crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. So she actually goes to jail now and while she's behind bars in the jailhouse Shapiro comes to visit and she convinces Shapiro to return to the house to tell Otto it's okay to come out and eat <laughs> bring groceries and bring groceries for this man who's living in my attic so she has to tell him so that <laughs> doesn't die oh. in the house because you have to remember he's not left this house yeah. <laughs> this whole time oh my goodness gracious oh it's hilarious so because he's starved for attention by the time Shapiro shows up he tells the whole story about how he killed her husband so he then, Shapiro goes and spills the beans to everybody and says, this man was living in the attic. They go, they arrest him, the whole nine yards. The jig is up. So they ended up calling it the Batman case because he was living in a cave, so to speak, like the attic. And he was like a bat would <laughs> yeah, live like in the attic. Yeah, like a bat would live in the because attic. Because this is clearly right. too like early. Like the bat cave. Yes, this is too early for Batman, Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is like Batman living in the cave. So actually, she goes to jail. Well, doesn't actually go to jail. She goes to court. But at this point, so much time has passed that she's released. And it's a hung jury. And she's set free, basically. And she died at age 75 in 1961. Wow. Yep. And she uh, married her 30-year companion, some guy named uh, Ray Hedrick, uh, two weeks before her death. She married him. But huh. it was her, I guess, her 30-year-long love, love affair. Love affair. <laughs> but that's Hello, Dolly. <laughs> But I, it was funny because, like, you know how last week we talked about Dolly? That was how he called her, my Dolly. And I'm like, oh, my God, this ties into that. And then living in the closet, the whole, like, oh, I'm like, this is too good. You totally the brought story. in yeah. the two stories I shared last week into this week's podcast. Absolutely. Cheers to Cheers. You, Rebecca. That was amazing. <laughs> Way to tie it in. This wine is delicious. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say, we I did like here. There's about yes. a drop left for you. Oh, jeez. I don't need There you go. Perfect. You go. Thank you. And we've killed another bottle tonight. Yes. But now's a good time to talk about, um, well, our online presence and how we would love for our friends and listeners to please maybe drop us a line. Let <laughs> us know how we're doing. Visit us on Instagram. Leave us some comments. Absolutely. 
head over to our Patreon site. Become a patron. You can for as little as a dollar a month. Or just make a one-time donation. Either way. Anything is... would be appreciated right now okay because look let's face it we're not we're making it we're very yeah, absolutely. it's just the two of us we're doing the best that we can we <laughs> understand we sound a little flinty but it's this shitty microphone that we're using we need better equipment this is where you come in your donations would help us we're already holding down like two other jobs <laughs> so, just to keep just, just to just keep to be able to do this let me get my violin let me yeah. get my violin and start playing Okay, anyway, no, but look, we love doing this podcast. It's just that, you know, we need your help. So if you would like to help us, we'd be really, really, really appreciative. Our Patreon page. Uh, So what we did is we set this up. It's going to be a site where we're going to post stuff. We're working on this sort of mini series that we're going to be posting there. We're going to post a bunch of stuff that's only open to our patrons. So we're asking if you like the podcast and you want to show your support, you'll see the tiers that we have available. The first one starts at a dollar. That's only $12 a year. I mean, but seriously, we will be posting um, a lot of really cool content that only our patrons can see. So, um, you know, if you want to show some support, we'd be eternally grateful. And if you become a patron, what we'll do is we'll give you a special thank you on not only our Instagram, but when we reach one of our goals, what we're going to do is we're going to pick one patron and we're going to let them choose which murder to research. Oh, I like it. So if you um, can donate and want to donate, we'd be really happy and we'd be really appreciative. So if you just go to our website, crimesuncorked.com, and just click support, you can find out more information about our Patreon site and also other ways that you can support us because it's always fun to help somebody else. Absolutely. And also be sure to leave us a comment. Give us, you know, some feedback. We'd like to know how we're doing. Um, you know, we're doing this because, well, I mean, for us, but also because we know that there's true crime fans out there that want to listen yeah, we're having fun. Absolutely. So, but we want to know how we're doing. So please let us know. Yes. All feedback. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to have that on the Patreon site. But we have been updating our website here and there. I think it's kind of cute. I think I we do. have a, I love it. Right? We have a yes. cute website. Yes, I so love it. So go check it out. www.crimesuncorked.com. All the information's there that you need about our podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much to our followers on Instagram. You guys rock. If you have friends that are into true crime, have them follow us. It's just going to go out from here, you guys. That's all <laughs> we have to say. Anyway, so, all right. Episode awesome. five. Killed it. Um, yes, and now we shall finish the rest of our wine. I love it. So check us out. We'll be posting our wine of the day, the Tall Poppy Select, on our Instagram and website. And it's delicious. It is delicious. All right, until next time, Weirdo Winos, as long as there's crime, there's there's gotta gotta be wine. wine. Cheers. Cheers. Peace out.